0: Hello,
1: everyone. I'm Wendy Myers of MyersDetox.com. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Myers Detox Podcast. And on this show, we have all types of guests talk about toxins and their role in various health issues and how to detox these toxins as well. And so today we have Dr. Christine Bornyal on the show, and she's gonna be talking about environmental toxins and the role they play in contributing to mental health and like anxiety and depression, eating disorders, And really, really interesting conversation. We talk about the role of nutrition. We talk about the role of all the various toxins that will play, you know, wreak havoc in reducing neurotransmitter production like serotonin, in interfering in the receptors that uh, help to make neurotransmitters, your organs, and how if those aren't working properly, you're going to have some anxiety and depression. Uh, We'll also talk about the role of trauma and that's a kind of a a toxin that plays a role in anxiety and depression. We also talk about your hormones, thyroid hormones, sex hormones, and how those are interfered with by toxins and how that can have a role in your mental health. So just everything under the sun. Or looking at these different underlying root causes that aren't going to be addressed typically at your conventional medical doctor who's going to just write your prescription and why that isn't always the answer and why those aren't working for some people. So really, really interesting show. So I know you guys listening are concerned about toxins. You're concerned, you know, wondering what is in your body, what do you need to detox? So I created a quiz called the heavymetalsquiz.com. Just go to heavymetalsquiz.com and take the two-minute quiz. And I ask you a number of lifestyle questions to determine your relative level of toxicity in your body. And then I give you a free video series after that that answers a lot of people's frequently asked questions like, where do I get started with detox? What type of testing is best? What kind of supplements work for detoxification? Where should I start? And uh, so I've just, there's a whole free video series for you after you take that quiz at heavymetalsquiz.com. Our guest today, Dr. Christine Bjorndal, is a naturopathic doctor, and she's considered an authority in the treatment of mental illnesses such as depression, anxiety, bipolar disorders, and eating disorders using a physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual approach. Having overcome many mental health challenges, Dr. Chris is a gifted speaker and writer, and has shared her wellness philosophy with audiences from platforms such as the Jenny McCarthy Show, the International Bipolar Foundation, and many health sevens and docu series. And she's recognized as a top naturopathic doctor to follow by two independent organizations. And her book, Beyond the Label is a comprehensive guide to naturopathic mental health. You can learn more about her work at drchristinabjorndal.com. Dr. Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks so much for having me. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey in regaining your mental health and what you learned in that process and how toxins played a role as well?
0: Sure. So I haven't, So I'm a naturopathic doctor, and it was really through my own journey of regaining my mental health that I have become a naturopathic doctor. And my struggles began in junior high when I developed an eating disorder. But a key point I want to make was that in the year prior to developing the eating disorder, I was treated with antibiotics to address acne. And... There, there's a lot of research now that shows a relationship between the gut microbiome and the brain and that there is this bi-directional relationship. So I, this is important because it really highlights taking a patient's case. And we, in naturopathic medicine, we really want to address what the root cause is. And often disruption in the microbiome, as well as the subsequent exposure to toxins, which I'll talk about, can, can play a role in one's mental health. So so started with the ED disorder, which was bulimia, and then I went on to university. was doing fine. I was a, sort of a, an overachiever type, and I found, my place, found myself in a place I'd never been before in third year, which was depressed and, and really anxious. I was prescribed some more medication, taking, was taking a tricyclic antidepressant at that time, and then about three months later, I spun out of control into a delusional psychotic manic episode, and then I was then given a new diagnosis to deal with, which was called bipolar disorder type 1. And what I did with that was I pretty much didn't want to look at it. I didn't want anybody to know that I had been given this diagnosis, and I felt a lot of stigma and a lot of shame around it. And I carried forward in the world and just continued wearing this mask that I'm okay on the outside, but I'm actually not doing that great on the inside. And I spent most of my time battling depression and anxiety and I had a suicide attempt that left me in a coma with kidney failure and I was on dialysis I was told I would need a kidney transplant and I can tell you that when I came out of that coma I certainly wasn't a happy camper I wasn't happy that this attempt did not work but it also caused me to realize that you know I just needed to figure out another way because the way the path that I was on with pharmaceutical medication after pharmaceutical medication was not leading me anywhere where it was actually getting better. And I was really at war with myself most of the time, really kind of hating who I was. So I... Was given a book to read by Marianne Williamson. And in this book, there's a quote on surrender, which talks, which goes along these lines that surrender is not about breaking out of anything, it's a gentle melting into who we really are. So we let down our armor and we discover that all God needs is just one sincere, surrendered moment where love matters more than anything and nothing else really matters at all. And so for me, the key word in that was two key words were one was surrender and the other one was this word love. I mean, I didn't love and accept myself. And I figured that that was a really important step in my in my healing. So that's when I that's basically the journey I've been on for the last 30 years is figuring out how to love and my and accept myself. And a key part of that process is learning how to the, you know, what foods to eat, learning how to treat my body with the, the respect that it actually deserves, and to view this vehicle that I've been given as the most important vehicle that I should be investing in. So I eventually made it, you know, I got better, uh, started seeing a naturopathic doctor, started seeing a functional, uh, nutritional, nutritionally oriented psychiatrist, and uh, I got got better, and at that time there were very. It was really hard to find help. Like this was in the 1990s, and it you know it wasn't as popular as it is today, and information wasn't as readily accessible as it is today. So I I ended up making a career change. I had been in the corporate world, and I uh, because because there were so few options for help out there. And I, I know that there are a lot of people that are suffering. So then I made a career change. And so so here I am.
1: I really identify with what you're you're talking about, because I had the same trials, like, you know, depressed through most of my 20s and into my 30s and had an eating disorder that I was struggling with, perfectionism and which can kind of go hand in hand with eating disorders and in being on medications, taking Xanax and taking Lexapro and, and trying that for like a year and a half and really not, really not having a lot of success there. And then stimulants like diet pills and, you know, anything to just kind of boost you, give you a boost and give you like that feeling of joy which is what we're all kind of like moving forward towards. We want to mm-hmm. feel pleasure and moving away from pain. And then just realizing none of that is really gonna go anywhere. You have to love yourself and have proper nutrition. And but, and also I discovered detoxification. And so let's talk yeah. a little about that. Cause I think that yeah. many times people are looking externally for some sort of cause of depression or anxiety or what have you, and there must be something going on, like I'm reacting to this event, I'm reacting to this uh, thing, and they're not really thinking about why inside something may be going haywire in their chemistry, and it's not a serotonin depletion, it's as the pharmaceutical companies which have you believe, um, there's a lot more going on. Can,
0: can you explain some of those complexities of why we may not be feeling good? Yeah. So one of the things is to understand is that just basically picking up, picking up on what, we, what you just said about the serotonin deficiency. So most times whenever somebody is struggling with depression and anxiety, that's what we're told, right? We're told that, oh, well, you don't have enough of this neurotransmitter, usually serotonin, sometimes GABA, sometimes dopamine, sometimes norepinephrine. And so we're going to give you a medication that's going to increase that within you. But one of the keys to uh, to understand if there could be this idea of uh, toxins or heavy metals or chemicals playing a role is when you take these pharmaceuticals and you don't feel better. Like, and it's not just about cr- cranking up the dose. You still, you know, the doctor will say that often. Oh no, you got to take more. You got to take more. But despite taking more, you're still not feeling better. So one of the things we want to understand, especially if you're prescribed an SSRI. SSRI medication, like you said, most times people are told that, you know, you're depressed or anxious because you have a deficiency of serotonin or whatever the neurotransmitter may be. But if you're taking uh, one of these medications and the doctor keeps increasing the dose and you're just not getting better, it can indicate one of two things. It can indicate that you don't actually have a deficiency what what you you could actually be making the neurotransmitter no problem, but there's something from the environment that's blocking the cell so every cell has receptors, and so receptors can be blocked by endocrine disruptors by heavy metals, by other chemicals uh, so this is if that's speaking, like if what I'm saying is resonating with you, then this is where you need to speak with somebody like Wendy or, or myself to understand how to do a proper integrated detoxification to help clear these chemicals from the extracellular matrix. And and we, we, in naturopathic medicine, we refer to it as this idea of drainage, biotherapeutic drainage. But the other indication it could mean is that this is the wrong macro system to be addressing. It could be that you have hormones that are out of balance, and those need to be supported. Or the third area, which is really the focus of, of what Wendy talks about is the organs of detoxification can also be playing a role in mental health. So if you have an imbalance in phase one, phase two, liver detoxification pathways, or if you're constipated, which leads to something called leaky gut syndrome, if if these things are going on within you, then those can also be contributing to the mental health symptoms that you're experiencing. So it's really important to investigate What's the root of the problem or roots? There can be more than one thing going on, but it's, it's really, if you're really wanting to get to this place of healing, we don't want to just always place a band-aid over the problem. Really want to be able to remove whatever it may be that's causing the problem so that we can restore the body back to function.
1: Yeah, and can we get into some details there? So what kind of toxins would be, say, interfering in your neurotransmitter receptors or interfering in or causing, outright causing anxiety or depression?
0: The main ones that I look at are, can be heavy metals. So lead and mercury are the two main ones from an environmental perspective. Um, but there's also things like parabens and phthalates, and VOCs, uh, solvents. There's many, many different chemicals that also can play a role. And there's testing that can be done to determine whether you have high levels of these compounds in you and what, then what kind of detoxification program is, is required.
1: And then what about the, the thyroid? So you mentioned that your, mm-hmm. your hormones can be off and that can be contributing. So we know the thyroid produces thyroid hormones. You don't have enough, you can be depressed. And that's so common. I mean, so many people don't realize that their thyroids or, are depressed or, you know, like Graves' disease, they have hyperthyroidism. Yeah, hyper. yeah, and I, I frankly feel like I got divorced because my my husband had Graves and he had hyperthyroidism. He was anxious and irritated all the time. And I, I just wanted to get away from him, you know, honestly. Right. And, uh, and, then, and he found out later after we were divorced that he actually had Graves. Oh, they just no. made him anxious all the time, and so, and this is Mercury is a huge cause of that. But what what else is interfering in our hormones that can contribute to mood swings and anger and anxiety, and depression?
0: So, with hypothyroid, the one that can be also involved is uh, chloride. A lot of people, uh, chloride and fluoride. So any of the sort of bromine compounds in the periodic table can affect iodine, and iodine, the thyroid from from a hypothyroid perspective, you need iodine in order for the thyroid to function normally. So that so that's something that's important. And what's, you know, something that everybody's, you know, we always talk about, oh, drink lots of water, drink lots of water. But the quality of the water that you're drinking, if it does have fluoride in it, or if you're somebody who's swimming all the time in a, in a pool that's full of chlorine, I mean, your skin is your biggest detoxification organ. So whatever you're putting on your skin is going to be affecting the other cells in your body like perfume now is there's something recently i read that it's now the new secondhand smoke so a lot of people are wearing lots of perfume and they're lathering themselves with different moisturizers and hairspray and and makeup and you know shampoo i mean there's all there's so many chemicals that i don't think people are as aware of them as they, they could be. And it's, it's not necessarily that one thing. It's the cumulative effect. And when the government approves these products for use, they don't study the cumulative effects of these. They just study these in isolation, but not in this, you know, in this cumulative effect. And why are all these conditions on the rise why are our things like cancer and depression and suicide and type 2 diabetes and obesity and all these health conditions with so much more information than we've ever had before and yet our health is the, our health conditions you would think they would be getting better but they're getting worse yeah and right. no, i I personally toxins
1: are one of the biggest contributors to what's happening. all the toxins in our food supply and beauty products and the air food and water i mean it's just uh you know kind of depressing when you think about it, but there's a lot of things that you can do there's a lot in your control and so um and you mentioned also. Our organs. If our yeah. organs are congested, not working optimally, that can lead to anxiety, depression,
0: mental health issues. Uh, can you go into some specifics there? The one thing that I think is is really helpful for people to understand is when the regularity of having a bowel movement. So, if you are and if you're, I don't know, if, if you're like me and you were taking, I was taking five psychotropic medications and I think I was having a bowel movement maybe once a week, if that. Mm. And I didn't know that that was not normal. And so what happens is when your liver, so your liver and your kidneys are working really hard to break things down so that your body can get rid of it and through the colon or through the urine. And if your colon is not working as removing it, or if you're not eliminating as, as quickly as you, you should be, there's bacteria that can deconjugate the hormones and the toxins and the chemicals that your body's just worked really hard at uh, getting getting ready to be eliminated. And you end up reabsorbing these and getting another hit or double whammy, so to speak. And this contributes back to that idea that I was talking about earlier, that there can be something blocking the receptor of the cell. So... We're wanting to make sure that our bowels are working every day that you're having a bowel movement every day, and this can also this slow sluggishness can also contribute to what's called leaky gut syndrome and this is where you basically want to understand that you're one tube from your mouth to your anus and your t- this tube needs to be solid like a pipe, but what happens through medication use, through stress, through poor diet, the instead of the junctions between the the cells and the small intestine being tight, they get leaky, so to speak. And the food particles go through and then your immune system mounts a response, which then affects the level of cortisol because it's like it's a stress on the body. The body thinks that it needs to fight, but it doesn't actually need to. But it, it's in it's sort of stuck in this state. So addressing the the diet, addressing the your body's liver function, your col- function of your colon, all of the organs of detoxification is actually where I, I think it would be nice if if everybody started there when they're working with people. But generally, we 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 don't always start there, and and especially in the Western medical world, it's more about well, how can we sort of stop you from feeling what you're feeling. Let's get you out of this state of depression. Let's get you out of the state of anxiety, give you medication, but not necessarily looking at, well, how how are these integrated systems within the body functioning together?
1: Yeah, the doctor's not asking about nutrition or how you're sleeping or... You know how much uh-huh. you're pooping. Like they're, they're they're not providing any kind of answers or counsel no. in, in that regard, and so missing the boat completely. And not, not to forget toxins. That's not even part of the conversation. Um, no. So so let's talk, let talk a little bit about the liver. And mm-hmm. so if you your liver isn't functioning well, if your liver's congested, uh, not functioning optimally, you can very very much have bouts of anger. Uh, if you're constipated, you're not, you're not going to feel well. You're going to be irritated, angry, you know, anxious, and things like that. So just, just that impairment of function alone can make you be really moody.
0: Yeah, and in Chinese medicine, they, they talk about the different, um, they associate an emotion with every organ. And, in, and anger is usually the one that's associated with, with the liver. So sometimes the question we're wanting to ask is, you know, is what, what anger needs to be expressed? And if we translate that back to depression, some in, in the psychotherapy world, a lot of times they ask you, well, what, what are you depressing? What are you pushing down? What is an emotion that you've pushed down that you're not expressing? And oftentimes it can't, there can be this connection with, with anger But on the physiological side, what I think is important for for people to understand is the first step in a liver detoxification program, in my opinion, has to be looking at the the toxins or the environmental load or burden of your body in the first place. Because if you decrease that, then that is going to support your liver. A lot of times people just say, oh, you know, let's take some milk thistle and help the functioning of the liver. But that again always think about the root cause well if we if the liver didn't have so much to deal with in the first place then perhaps i wouldn't have to support it as much from a from a supplemental perspective so always asking yourself so there's an environmental quiz that i ta- have in my book and there's one on my on my website you just type in in the search just type in environmental quiz and i encourage people to do the quiz and start making one or two changes I mean, ideally, if everything you check off, you're going to want to eventually try to create change. And, and I know, you know, Wendy said earlier, well, this, you know, can seem overwhelming, but you know, it, it, it's just, just start where you can start with one thing, and then do the next. And, you know, we don't, you know, I I mean, I, I'm still working on things. And there's always something to improve upon. But just understanding that decreasing the inputs is really important. And, you've mentioned this earlier, the quality of the air, the food, the water, everything that you consume is for the most part, we're really wanting to, be, wanting to think twice about it. So the next step for me is taking a look at how the liver works. And do you want me to go into that? a little Yeah, bit? yeah, please. Yeah, yeah I
1: think that it's so important. I, I focus a lot. I talk a lot about improving liver health because I think yeah. that, is, that plays such a huge role in people not feeling well, not digesting their food well, not detoxing well, their emotional life, immunity. There's such a huge role. So yeah, let's delve into that more.
0: Yeah. So to break down a, a hormone or a toxin or a neurotransmitter, the liver puts it through what, what is called phase one and phase two detoxification. And what you want to understand is oftentimes phase one is going really fast, like an eight-lane highway. And then phase two is like a one-lane highway. So what happens on the planet when we have eight lanes merging into one lane, right? We get a lot of pollutants and and we get a backup. And so in the body, this is called called a water-soluble epoxide. So it's broken down partially, but not completely. And these water-soluble epoxides can then get they get recirculated in the bloodstream before they can get through phase two. And this contributes to this idea of inflammation that everybody talks about. Where it comes from is is the liver. And there's things that we're doing that are making phase one go really fast and phase two go slow. And it's the typical culprits that everybody talks about. So sugar, coffee, alcohol, hydrogenated fats, those are the top for things that we're wanting to adjust in our, well, eliminate for the most part, or reduce as best as we can. So that we can, because what you want to have is your highways, phase one and phase two moving smoothly so that you're not creating water-soluble epoxide so there isn't this inflammatory process being contributed to. and. There's foods that you can eat that can support this as well. So things like the cruciferous vegetables, so your cauliflower, broccoli, kale, Brussels sprouts. Those thing, those foods really help to balance the phase one and phase two pathways. Uh, beets are helpful. A little bit of lemon can be helpful. Leafy greens, grapes are another food that can help, but we want to be really cautious with grapes because they are on the dirty dozen. So there's a list of foods. We were just saying how the air, food, and water is full of chemicals. So there's this list that the Environmental Working Group puts out called the dirty dozen. And those are the foods that are the most heavily sprayed. So, and grapes is on that list. So there's, in my opinion, there's no point eating grapes unless you grew them yourself or they're organic. Yeah, absolutely. Right.
1: I drink a lot of grape and apple juice for liver health. I mean, I eat those too, but yeah, definitely organic. I love uh, Lakeside Biodynamic Organic. It's even, you know, another level. Biodynamics, yes. Yeah, above organic. And so those are the ones I choose for, you know, grape and apple juice. Yeah. I only drink those because of liver health. So for you guys out there that are diabetic or have yeah. blood sugar issues, may not be for you, but you know, everyone's different, I, I drink those because I'm trying to support my liver health.
0: Yeah, and I mean, and there's other things that are re- great. There's so many different, I guess that's another point to mention is there's so many nutrients that are also required to support phase one and phase two detoxification. So the healthier that you eat, you know, the better it's going to be to support your liver. But I want to just mention this com- this uh, idea about which I mentioned earlier about biotherapeutic drainage. So you know we're wanting to help clear, we want to clear these pathways from from the body these these toxins that can that are maybe partially broken down or toxins that have accumulated that haven't haven't been uh, that are stuck in our tissues and not necessarily in the liver and how our body can clear these and get rid of them and. So you're wanting to use things like, you know, people have probably heard about lymphatic drainage or doing, so exercise is, you know, is one of the key things, but also sweating like saunas, uh, whether you have an infrared sauna or an ozone sauna, uh, some way to sweat to really release is, is, an, is also a really important step in overall detoxification. I know for myself, I mean, this is a little bit of a sideways note, but I I did a year long sauna detoxification program the year prior to conceiving my son. So I think that the rates, you know, as long, I mentioned different health conditions that are on the rise, but another one that a lot of people are struggling with now is fertility. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I really think that the fertility issues are really come back to this environmental idea that we're talking about.
1: Yeah. I think we just have so many estrogenic chemicals in our environment xenoestrogens and metals that interfere in our hormones and they're just uh, and stress there's just a lot working against fertility right now um yeah. and so i 100 agree with you there's so many health issues right now that are toxin related and of course it's more complex than that but toxins are playing a, a huge role and yeah. so let's talk about some of the like the five steps in your opinion to a, a comprehensive detoxification program. So maybe mention some of them, but can you kind of go over those steps yeah. that you think people need to go through to yeah. properly detox?
0: Yeah. So that first, the really the first one is, so taking a look at the environmental inputs in the first place. So, you know, are you... Heating up foods in a microwave using plastic are you drinking out of a plastic bottle? Are you taking Tylenol every time you have a headache? Are you using teflon pan pots and pans? are you using plastic spoons to to stir your soup that you 're making are you know all these things are you letting your child have a bath with those little yellow rubber well rubber plastic ducks there's a great book called slow death by rubber duck. <laughs> I don't know if I have it over on my bookshelf over here, but um, something, I think the subtitle is uh, environmental toxins and how they're ruining your health or something like that. You know, who knew that these little ducks are, and you know, we're putting them in a hot bath, right? And, and whenever you're putting hot water with plastic, that's causing it to leach. And then you're sitting in that, if the bath, your skin's your, anyway, I'm going on a tangent. So figure out There's so many things I wasn't aware of. And again, coming back to the cosmetics and everything that you're putting in and on your body. So start looking at this for yourself. That's step one. Then step two is you want to take a look at the foods that are affecting phase one and phase two that you may be consuming. So the sugar, the coffee, the alcohol, foods with trans or hydrogenated oils, decreasing those. The third step is increasing the foods that support the liver then increasing the foods and then starting this idea of drainage. So whether you're going to see somebody like, you know, Wendy or, or myself, and, and we're, we'll support you through giving you the, the different, there's different remedies that you can take to facilitate the body's ability to get rid of, but making sure that your colon is working properly. So we have to support that. Um, whether you're in integrating the sauna aspect or exercise. So things that are going to, Making sure you're sweating. So that's all part of that third step. And then the fourth step is to then promote the nutrients that help the liver get rid of these toxins. Because now, once you've started to reduce the inputs, balance phase one and phase two, and have you've done this drainage idea, now your body, you're ready to let your body get rid of more toxins. And where do we store most of our toxins? We store them in our Fat cells, fat. Fat cells. Yeah. <laughs> Damn and it. it. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I, and I think that a lot of people don't realize that, that they're having trouble losing weight. It's yeah. because their their body needs to hold on to these fat cells. It needs, it has to store this stuff somewhere. Yeah. And uh, and I you can definitely see the correlation. the, the more toxic someone is. Typically, the, the more overweight they're going to be um, because of the, the kind of food they're eating or the toxic exposure. I mean, that's not the only reason but that people are overweight. But if like, for instance, if you're trying to lose that last 15 pounds and it just isn't budging no matter what you do, uh, I mean, I'm willing to bet you've got liver stuff going on, liver issues, fatty liver perhaps, and- and yeah, yeah, and toxins are your body just
0: has to store that stuff somewhere. It's not going to let them go. That, and that's that's the classic thing that I see is someone who if they want to lose weight, say they want to lose thirty pounds, and they they're successful, right? You you will be successful with with moving, you know, doing some food changes and getting, you know, increasing the movement. But yeah, or usually, if you
1: starve yourself, if you
0: starve okay, well, yourself,
1: but we don't want our body is that. going to let it go. But like, if you have to like. Yeah force your body into submission, like a a normal healthy diet, calorie restriction exercise doesn't work. There's there's something else going on.
0: Yeah. And also you get to that place where you plateau and you just can't lose that. Like you're saying, you cannot lose that last 10 or 15 pounds. That's the red flag or that should be where the light bulb should go off in your head. Like, okay, that's when you switch to the liver, right? Because the liver is basically stopping the process because it's saying, look. You haven't decreased the inputs. I'm still dealing with the inputs that you are already asking me to do on a daily basis. And now you're giving me more work overtime because you're losing weight and you're releasing more crap for lack of a better word, more toxins, more chemicals, more work for me. It's like, sorry, I'm. it kind of stops it physiologically in a sense. And that's where moving into working on tuning up and supporting these organs of detoxification can then help if that is your goal to want to lose weight.
1: Yeah, I think it's something also should be said that when people are losing weight and they're, they're releasing all this stuff out of their fat cells as their fat cells are shrinking, you want to be taking a binder or taking something and that all these toxins your body's producing can produce anxiety. Right? Um, people kind of don't realize that and they kind of want to instinctually re- you know, reach for food or something to soothe themselves. And I think people don't realize how, how, much, how anxiety producing toxins can be when you're losing weight.
0: Yeah, so it's, it's, I mean, I, I think uh, that toxins and chemicals play a role in pretty much every health condition. I think it's something that, I think environmental medicine and this, this is the way of the future. And if people aren't looking at these things, then you really are missing, I think, a, a critical component. And uh, yes, I mean, I do agree that it is multifactorial, but this is a key factor in everyone's health
1: so let's talk about inflammation. So, so how does inflammation uh, affect the brain and our
0: mental health as well? So there's this idea of the, the brain on fire. And similar to how I was mentioning the idea of leaky gut, there's also this concept called the sort of leaky brain. And so it's really from that idea that these chemicals, these water-soluble epoxides can block receptors so that the neurotransmitters that you're making can't get into the cell. So your cell, so from a cellular perspective, you end up feeling the symptoms that are going to be reflective of, of that neurotransmitter. So that's, that's the idea that, that's my understanding. Definitely we have heavy metals that cause oxidative stress, which yeah. can then cause
1: inflammation and, and that 's what metals do is they cause oxidative stress in the body. they cause DNA breakage, they can cause the immune system to have a reaction which causes inflammation I mean there' are just a lot of different
0: ways that you know toxins can create inflammation in the body. I think the key message too is for people to understand that there's an explanation to the suffering that they 're experiencing and and it, and whether it lies in this idea of what we're talking about today, which is the, the role that the environment can play, or, you know, whether it lies just, you know, in, in, a nurt- in the nutrition that you might not be, um, like a lot of these neurotransmitters are derived from essential amino acids. And so if you're not getting them, because they're not something that you can make within your body, then you're going to be depressed and anxious. Yeah, absolutely. You know, but but I just want to highlight that for me that's where it did start was with the nutrition piece and supplementation, but I really had to work on my organs of detoxification, my liver and my my bowels because they weren't going very well. I had this the, all the many many antibiotics which is creating creating this disruption in the gut flora. I had heavy metals i mean there there was a lot there's lots of things, lots of pieces to the puzzle so uh, I just think the main message that I really want people to, to understand is that there, isn't, there is an explanation. It's just a matter of working with somebody who can help you investigate what these root causes, contributing factors can be in your health. Yeah, and I think
1: people kind of have a health issue that comes up or some problem they want to solve, say it's depression or anxiety, oh. and they try to pop a pill or they try to take a stimulant or they just try to do something to get them out of, you know, fix that issue rather than thinking of it as a systemic issue that needs to be addressed. And if you just uh, start living your life by some basic health principles, healthy eating, some supplements, getting some sunlight, a little bit of exercise, a little bit of movement, maybe some detox and start working on these things, a lot of your symptoms just disappear you know, not, not for everyone. I think when you reach a certain point, your health is really starting to spiral downwards. You usually need some outside help and guidance and, you know, to help you. But if you're, for me, I know that once I started really taking care of myself uh, and, you know, with every aspect, like hitting on every, it's like checking every checkbox, Mm-hmm. with the diet and supplements and stress and you know, exercise and sleep and detox, that's when I started feeling really well. And so, yes. and so I caution people to not think about, oh, just let's fix the thyroid and let's fix the gut let's fix the depression. It's, it's a systemic thing. And all of the, the, the foundational piece is checking off all of those boxes, no matter
0: what your symptoms are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I talk about 10 steps that, you know, are helpful, right? And and some things, you know, you you know start where you are, and, and some things will take you so far. And then, you know, then you have to might look at another piece of the puzzle, right? Like I know, for me, diet, I mean, I talk about diet, sleep, exercise, managing stress, that's kind of the foundation of your health house. But then the next area is your th- the role that your thoughts can play your emotions, the way you behave and react in the world, or are you reacting or are you responding? And then the role of the environment, right? And so we've been talking about, you know, the quality of the air, food, and the water, but there's sort of two other pieces too that are, are factor into the environment that is important. And one is this idea of genetics versus epigenetics. So a lot of times, especially with like my mental health condition, when I ask, well, why is this happening to me? the answer I got was well it's genetics right there's nothing you can do about it and I feel like that's such a cop-out response Uh, I think it lets people makes people feel like they're a victim like there's nothing they can do and I I'm adopted so I couldn't look to the left or my right to verify the truth of well is that actually true right so I didn't accept that as the truth and 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 then I've learned subsequently about Bruce Lipton's theory of, of epigenetics, which means genes load the gun, but lifestyle pulls that trigger. So this lifestyle comes back to the environment and the influences of the, of the, the environment that can affect whether the gene is turned on or not within you. And then the third idea, I, I put it under the environment. I mean, it, it's called neuroplasticity, which basically means that your brain has a bendy quality to it. It's not fixed, right? It's not like it's a lump of cement and this is all you've got and you can't change how your brain functions. That's completely not true. And through all the things that we're talking about, that is how you change the functioning of your brain. So, and then for me, the last area also that's really important that I don't think is talked about enough is the, is, you know, love, compassion, spirituality, Wrapping everything up in that, because at the end of the day, to me, that also is a really important piece of it. If you don't value who you are, then, you know, Wendy and I telling you to, you know, change your toothpaste from Colgate Total to, you know, Tom's of Maine, you're not going to do it because, you know, you don't value you. And so that's a really important piece that also has to be worked on is this relationship you're having with you. I said at the beginning, this this vehicle, like I now look at this vehicle that is my body as the most important investment that I need to be investing in. And so it matters to me what I put into my mouth. It matters to me the quality of the food that I eat. I guess I feel like I'm a little bit maybe a little preachy here, so I'll stop.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's it's so true because it does take a lot of participation on someone's part commitment to love themselves enough to take the time and spend the money and make their own food and do all the things that you have to do to love yourself and take care of your temple and also trauma. Is plays a huge role in your emotional life too, and this is something that I I graduated from. Like first, it was the diet, and then it was the supplements, and more exercise, and then working on the sleep, and then you kind of go through this whole pyramid of, you know, reaching a plateau on one aspect and looking for that next thing. And you know, for me right now, I'm definitely working on trauma. That's a big focus because that has a huge effect on your emotional life, and you have no idea Mm -hmm. you that you just have this kind of block that is just draining you from the past. You may not even be consciously aware of it or think you've worked it out in therapy or whatever. And it's just, you're just stuck kind of stuck in these ruminating thoughts or whatever's going on and it it's something that can be released with a number there's so many great mechanisms out there that i've talked about on the show to help with with trauma beyond just talk therapy cognitive behavioral therapy working really at,
0: at releasing it so you feel better yeah, it's, it's interesting that you say that, yeah, because I I just finished a year a year's dive into a psychotherapeutic technique for trauma, which is called Compassionate Inquiry. It's taught by um, Gabor Mate. Mm. Um, and, you know, he believes that every mental health condition, for the most part, is due to, to trauma, to some something that's happened in childhood that has resulted in our a bit of a dysregulation between our attachment. Uh, There's sort of two main needs in childhood, attachment and authenticity. And oftentimes, if there's been abuse or uh, some sort of event, we end up sacrificing our authenticity in order to maintain the attachment. And it it may not always be a healthy attachment, but we then make certain events mean things. And this is where core beliefs and limiting beliefs can come in and it 's a very powerful um, approach to helping heal heal trauma bringing in this sense of compassion for yourself and his work is a lot of it, a lot of it's based in uh, addiction but also looking at things like you know depression and anxiety and ADhd and the common mental health conditions that 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 everything that has happened is really' um, it 's a, it's a we develop coping mechanisms to to be able to maintain that the attachment. So it's it's quite it's it's quite um, I, I found it transformative to really and very impactful.
1: Yeah, yeah, I definitely heard about him in the realm of, you know, he focuses a lot on addictions. And yeah, that's his book, right, in the realm yeah. of hungry ghosts. Yeah, Yeah, and trauma being at the root of addictions and, and whatnot. And yeah, I, I think it really plays a huge role in anyone with with health issues as well, not just even mental health, but physical health issues as well. Uh, trauma can be a big root cause and when people have just been trying everything going to different doctors and functional medicine on different programs and supplements and diet and doing all this stuff and none of it's working it's time to look at the trauma aspect and that can bring that shift that brings on the 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 healing and the m- improving finally I, yeah. i've seen that a lot in working with clients well, Dr. Chris, well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Is there anything else that you you want to share with the audience or any insights or where we can find your work?
0: Yeah, I think for me really i just I just really want people to know that the, there 's an explanation for their suffering, and so if you know if if, if you 're listening to this and you know someone who 's really, whether they're suicidal, or they're struggling, or it's, it's you yourself that, you know, please reach out and, and find find somebody local to you. Or, I mean, my website is naturalterrain.com, or there's my name, which is drchristinabjorndal.com, And I have a, there's a program that I offer uh, that dives a little bit deeper into some of the uh, concepts that we talked about today. But just, just know that um, you know, you are here for a reason and there is an explanation for your suffering. It's just a matter of being able to find it.
1: Fantastic. Well, Chris, Dr. Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show and shedding some light on you know underlying root causes of anxiety and depression and mental health issues. I know a lot of people are just really uh, having a tough time right now and uh, and you also spoke on our coronavirus support summit to you know specifically help people through these stressful times as well and so if you guys go on coronavirussupportseries.com there's lots and lots of resources and support for for you to including Dr. Christine's interview and uh, lots of lots of other people on there to help you guys through this stressful time because it's it's a lot Uh, To deal with. Uh, So Dr. Chris, thanks for coming on the show. And uh, everyone, thanks for tuning in to the Myers Detox podcast, where every week we bring you different guests to talk about toxins and chemicals and heavy metals and how the, the role that they're playing in a lot of your symptoms in ways that you know may surprise you and how you can get rid of these toxins out of your body and enjoy the, the health and the wealth and the joy that, that you deserve in life. So thanks for tuning in. I'm Wendy Myers of MyersDetox.com. And I'll talk to you guys next week. The Myers Detox podcast is created and hosted by Wendy Myers. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice.